Welcome to the DMF. I am your host, Justin Yance, and this is episode 74. And I'm going to talk a little bit about, well, my COVID shot, and I'll give you an update on that. I'm going to talk about sleep. I'm going to talk about the new Justice League film that was released. I'm going to talk about Winter Soldier and the Falcon. I'm going to talk politics. And as always, I will end with a quote. So stay tuned. So it's been a week since I got the shot for COVID-19, the Johnson & Johnson shot. The whole week was um, a lot of pain, a lot of tiredness, um, a lot of ibuprofen. But I think I'm past the worst of it. Um, I went to deadlift and I hurt my side. So I was very weak and I didn't even realize it. So when you get this shot, just be careful. You're going to be a lot weaker than you think you are. I thought I was like fine. And it's like, oh, no, no, I'm not. I didn't have a fever this week or anything after the initial fever. but um, So I'm starting to feel better. Um, things are starting to look up, um, so I think in another week, uh, I should be, you know, that's two weeks, so I should be fine. I shouldn't have to really worry so much about COVID at all. I mean, I'm still going to take the precautions of social distancing and wearing masks until, you know, we get the, you know, okay that we're not going to do masks anymore, but I think we're, um, I don't think we're close to that. That probably might happen in the fall, but some people are saying July, but we'll have to see. But so it was really interesting. I did not expect this shot to just take everything out of me and just make me feel like a zombie. I wasn't able to really do much of um, anything. I pretty much had to take my list of things that I do in a day and say, okay, let's cut that in half. I couldn't meditate as long as I want to because I didn't want to be on my side. Um, A lot of things I had to deal with. It was was quite difficult, but I think I'm through the worst of it. And so I can get back to, you know, giving you the books I read and things like that. I didn't expect all this to just hit me hard. Um, I had a play that I was in this week, so I was able to do that happy about that. Um, if you have a chance to see it, I've, I've got some advertisement up on my uh, Facebook and things like that. And then I've got another play that I'm going to be doing soon. So um, stay tuned for that. <laughs> um, so the other thing I wanted to talk about is sleep. Now sleep for me has been a big deal. I could never get a manage on my sleep. I was going to bed at like 2 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 4 o'clock, sometimes 6 o'clock. It was always inconsistent. It was always a problem, and I had no idea what to do about it. And then I came across Michael Bruce's stuff, and I took his Mind Valley course on uh, sleep, and it changed my whole idea of sleep. I never thought I would have a handle on my sleep. But he taught me things like having a power down hour, which I never thought about. I never thought about using a hot shower to warm me up to go to sleep. I never thought about going outside and sitting in the sunshine to reset my circadian uh, clock. 
I didn't think about those things, and those things helped me more than anything. Finding out what my chronotype was. I thought I was a, you know, a wolf, like a night owl. That's what he calls the night owl, a wolf. But I found out I'm more of like a bear, which is what most people are. And that helped um, um, just elaborate and make me understand, you know, what I am. I'm more of a late bear. I wouldn't say I'm an early bear, but I feel like I have a handle on my sleep. I feel like a sleep expert now. I feel like I know what to do if I miss a day or something like that. Or if I do go to bed late, you know, I can always, you know, readjust it. Um, I always try to get up at the same time. Um, I've been getting up at 9 a.m. Uh, today I had to get up at 8 a.m. to, you know, to do dress rehearsal. But I feel like I've got a handle on sleep. And I never thought I would be like one of those people. But this course taught me that. And if I can recommend anybody, I say take the Michael Bruce course. It is worth the money and it is worth the time and the effort you're going to get out of it. I started seeing progress in a week and I would not lie to you because I you know I read a bunch of you know sleep books and nothing helped but this sleep course just changed everything I was able to just start to now now when I go to my bed I, I actually sleep it's not hard I enjoy sleep um, I found out I am somebody that does like eight hours to nine hours some people don't like that but I feel I need that because sleep really just um invigorates me so I I can't stress enough how important sleep is as a as a human being and I think everyone should take this course to find out where they are are they a dolphin do they have sleep problems are they a wolf which means they're a night owl are they a bear which is like in the middle are they you know somebody who gets up early which they call a lion I mean, what is your circadian clock? And you find that out. And I never thought to look at that. As I said, that one of the things that really helped me was just priming myself for the sleep. I know I'm restating some of these things, but it deserves, it bears being restated. I would go into um, a shower. I still do that. And either take a hot shower or just kind of sit in a hot shower, you know, with the steam kind of running and have the door open. And that will prime me. And then I go downstairs and uh, 20 minutes I'm asleep. Um, he taught me the, um, the, the, um, the breathing mechanism you can do, which is four, seven, eight. So four in, seven hold, eight out. And that, you know, helps lower your um, body pressure and things like that. So I got to say, Sleep is probably one of my favorite things to do now, and I hated sleep. I was somebody that just dreaded going to sleep, and now I look at it, and I look forward to it, and I get up, and I have a good day. Um, I didn't think about, you know, it, you know, one of the things he talks about is the wake up, and how 90 minutes after wake up, you should not have coffee till those 90 minutes are up. So if I get up at 9, I'm not going to have coffee till like 10.30 or maybe 11. He talks about the importance of a cold shower, which I think a lot of you know about, but it does wake you up. He talks about, you know, some people actually need to have sex when they wake up. That'll wake them up um, like that. Sometimes people need to do something physical to wake them up. Um, 
but having that routine, I mean, one of the first things I've tried to do is, you know, when I'm well, is go outside and just sit in the sun just a little bit or near the sun, somewhere where I can get that vitamin D and feel it coming in me. And it just, um, I feel like it, it primes it. But the, th- the most important thing for me is the power down hour, which means, you know, 20 minutes of doing something, 20 minutes of, you know, taking a shower, doing that, and then 20 minutes of just sitting in bed. And it seems to work every time, and I feel... I feel free of the chains of being that guy that said, oh, I don't know how to do sleep. I know how to do sleep. And I can tell you this, Michael Bruce will change your life. Take his course. You will not regret it. And when we come back, I will talk about Justice League. Unfortunately, I started my uh, Justice League review without giving the spoiler warning, so I'm putting, I'm tagging on a spoiler warning here so that you know that the whole review is basically spoilers. So if you don't want to be spoiled, don't watch this review. So Justice League, the review is going to have spoilers. So this is your warning. And enjoy the review. So I watched the Justice League, the Schneider Cut, which was released on HBO Max. I watched that Friday. Watched all four hours. Now it's bitten, it's put into pieces like parts. So you got part one, part two, part three, part four, part five, part six, epilogue. So you could watch it in parts if you wanted to, like a miniseries. But I chose just to watch all of it at one time. Now, as I said, this is directed by Jack, Zack Snyder. Uh, the actors in it are Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, Amy Adams, Gal Gadot, Ray Fisher, Jason Momoa, Ezra Miller, William Defoe, Jesse Eisenberg, Jeremy Irons, Diane Lane, Connie Nielsen, J.K. Simmons, uh, Jared Leto's in it. Uh, to the people I'm probably missing, but huge cast, you know, and the music is done by Tom Holkenberg, which is different from the um, different from the Josh Whedon version, which was done by um, uh, Danny Elfman. So let's talk about the thing that is biggest difference here is Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf actually has intentions, motivations, fears, and his CGI character is so much better done. You know, he looks menacing, he looks fearsome, he looks like somebody you wouldn't mess with. He's got more of a Brock Lesnar type aspect to him. He's somebody that's big and hulking, and the character that we had in the Justice League in the 2017 version was, I, I, I found him just be pathetic. It was poor CGI, nobody bought it. This was, the, you know, the year that, you know, we knew Thanos was coming out, but he hadn't come out yet, but, you know, We'd seen pictures of him, and this is what they gave us, just poor, absolutely poor. So that's the biggest change, is Steppenwolf looks cool, and he looks like, a, you know, an alien being. And he's got, like, these horns, and he's got this, like, um, this coat of, um, this, like, metallic coat, you know, this metallic armor on him. 
which looks really cool. So Steppenwolf is a cool villain now, and I really enjoyed what they did with him. Uh, the next thing I'm going to talk about is tone. There's none of that lighthearted stuff that Josh Whedon was trying to bring into it because it just it doesn't work here. It didn't need to be in there. I know he wants to make everything like Avengers and you know Buffy and what he does. It doesn't work. This was Zack Snyder's universe. It needed to stay that way. But you know when they got rid of Zack Snyder, they wanted a different tone. Well, it didn't work. This is the tone they should have kept with. The violence. Very violent. And it's very, you know, in your face. You see blood. You see fighting. I mean, they rated this R. Um, the sequences. Uh, when we see um, Darkseid come back to, uh, you know, when he had the battle between, you know, all the beings on Earth and all the, um, you know, the Atlanteans and all that. That seems so much more epic and so much more of a fight that, you know, it, it really it, it, it really works. Um, when we see Steppenwolf actually invade and take the first box from the, um, from Miseria, you know, the, the Amazons, it's a huge, like, back and forth, and they are doing everything they can. They, they sacrifice themselves to trap him in this, this, you know, this lair thing, which was completely cut out of uh, the Justice League 2017 version, or I don't remember it. Maybe it was in there, and I just, I don't know, it didn't land. Um, so they have this huge fight, and it's really cool, and you have all these different, you know, elements of them passing the box and trying to get it away. Now they fail, but the way, you know, it feels like there's a cost to it, whereas before it just felt like, oh, it's one of those segments here. Um, the other thing that happens here is... Um, yeah, the black suit is uh, is really cool and really works well uh, here. I forgot to mention spoilers. I'm gonna have to do um, a little intro at the t at the top of this so that you know that this is spoilers. Was I just went straight into spoilers? But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna change that. I'll I'll put a I'll put a disclaimer on there. I'll fix that. Um, but the black suits by uh, Superman, which, you know, everyone knows that when uh, Superman was killed, you know, he came back with a black suit. He had the long hair. This one, he doesn't have the long hair, but it, it's cool. They took that out of the 2017 version. Uh, when Superman finally comes back and, you know, he tries to, you know, you know uh, Steppenwolf tries to stab this guy and he just goes right in front of him and says, I'm not impressed. Instead of what they did in the... Uh, the Whedon version, which was, you know, I believe in justice, blah, 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 blah. It wasn't epic. It wasn't cool. It was lame. So they fixed that. Um, here you get a sense that Batman is willing to sacrifice himself. He said, I, my goal is to get the team together. And he doesn't care what happens to himself, which is really cool. Um, the Flash's intro here, they have a new intro where, you know, he saves a woman uh, you know, while he's on a job interview, he sees like a crash and you see him use his speed and save this woman and how much he cares about, you know, how much he cares about people. They got that right away. So I like that. Um, Aquaman, you know, if you like Jason Momoa's Aquaman, you know, you get more of that. Uh, Gal Gadot's um, Wonder Woman, her intro into the film 
you know, she's got to, you know, stop this, this terrorist group that's going to blow up, you know, three blocks. And she saves all, all the, and it just shows what, how capable she is. Um, we don't have really a lot of sequences with Batman here because Batman is just kind of trying to get the team together. Um, but Superman comes off really cool here. I don't know what that sound is outside. I guess somebody's racing outside. Um, but the this is such a better film. Some people aren't going to like it because it, it draws a lot of things out, but that's what I wanted. I wanted this film to feel epic, and it feels epic. Uh, we do see Darkseid in it, and he looks really cool, and we find out that Darkseid has another guy who is who Steppenwolf is reporting to. We find out that Steppenwolf had betrayed Darkseid, and now he is paying off a debt. And how he, you know, he is his humble servant. So he's got motivations. Uh, Cyborg, he was barely in the Josh Whedon version. Here we find out that uh, the day that his father didn't show up for his game is the day that he got in a car wreck and his mother died and he became spot Cyborg. So he's got all these awesome um, motivations. And Ray Fisher does a great job of playing this character. And when we see him, you know, going into all the systems, he's got like this uh, visual image of himself as the way he'd like to be seen, walking through things and changing things. So it was really cool the way they do that. I thought this was just so much better. I really enjoyed it. Um, Tom Hockenberg's, um score really brings that oomph and pizzazz that was missing in, in the um, Danny Elfman score. It's a good score, but it didn't have that just boom, hit you over the head, which this needed. It needed that operatic sound that a big score can have. Um, Tom Hockenberg, you know, he did. He did Tenet. He's done, you know, he worked with um, Inception. He knows those elements. So I thought he brought a great thing. Uh, it's awesome to see Zack Snyder get a chance to... Um, you know, finish what he started. I mean, the tone that he started. If you like it, yes, no, bad. He got to finish what he started, and I like that. And I thought this was great job all around. It really puts everything into perspective. Jeremy Irons' character has more interaction here, so we get to see him act, which is always great because he's such a wonderful actor. Um, Henry Cavill, we get more of his... Um, his feeling of, you know, what he's going through. Um, we find out why Amy Adams is there as opposed to Batman just anticipating that Superman was going to lose his mind, which makes absolutely no sense. Uh, Connie Nielsen's character, you know, the queen, you know, feeling for, you know, for Diana, you know, and how, you know, they, they want to warn her. So many great sequences um even uh, commissioner gore and jk simmons who didn't really get to do much of anything in the, in the 2017 version he got you know way more to say i i just felt this was such a better use of all the characters it felt like an epic battle and it felt like a team and when they beat Stephen wolf wow 
You know, not only does he get impaled by Aquaman, then he gets thrown out and Wonder Woman takes her sword and cuts his head off and they send that head spinning into Darkseid's world, which is what uh, Steppenwolf is trying to do. And Darkseid catches it with his foot and just smashes his head. And the eyes of Steppenwolf just say, oh no, as he's being killed. It's so cool and so epic and so much better than this. This film improved on everything. I, I loved it. I, I think I'm going to go back and watch it again. It's really good. I really like what he did. He improved on everything. The characters all got some say. Um, then the epilogue is interesting because we have the Joker and he kind of insinuates that we find out that Harley... Quinn was killed and that Batman made a promise to kill Joker when it's all said and done. So we go back to this apocalyptic uh, future war that Batman saw, that we saw glimpses of. And we see that flashpoint um, flash there and we see uh, Mira is, is there and they're all, they're escorting uh, Joker there and they go, at the end they say, he found us and it's Superman, and he's about ready to just destroy everything. And that's where it ends. So it kind of ends on a cliffhanger. So I'm kind of interested to see where they're going. I, I assume they're going with the Injustice kind of storyline of Superman kind of losing his mind after Lois is dead or killed by um, Joker. It's really good. I thought this was a really good job. Some people aren't going to like it because they don't like Snyder's... Um, way of doing things but you know I like that he finished it I thought this was great as I said the score was great I liked the directing I liked how he how he he did prolong things I mean we, we also got to see Martian Manhunter here so much things set up things uh, we got more depth um, to when Lex Luthor is uh, released from jail by um, uh, what is it not Deadpool, but Dead, Dead. Uh, uh, I can't remember who. Um, uh, I can't remember who. Well, let's see here. I've got this thing right here. Uh, we have. Uh, yeah, it's. Um, who's that? Yeah, Slate Wilson, who is Deathstroke. I want to say Deadpool, Deathlock. Deathstroke, which is basically their Deadpool <laughs> in some ways. Um, so De Deathstroke uh, finds out from Lex Luthor that Batman is Bruce Wayne. So a lot of cool things they did here. I thought this was a great, um, great use of the technology of what we can do with HBO Max and allowing a director to come back and finish his vision. Now let's let David Ayer give us the version he wanted of Suicide Squad, not the version the studio wanted. So let's hope for that. Um, I like this. I thought this was a great film. Go watch it. If you're a fan of this, I think you'll enjoy it. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about The Winter Soldier and Falcon. Falcon and Winter Soldier. 
I said Winter Soldier and the Falcon. I got it mixed up. It's the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Once again, another home run from Disney Plus and Marvel MCU. They are bringing the MCU to these series, and they're doing it in a way that feels like the MCU. And they're taking advantage of things like the blip, which is basically the five years that uh, everybody was snapped away. Really cool stuff. This, And it's a different tone, and it's great. It's just as good. I can tell it's going to be just as good as WandaVision, and I can't recommend it enough. So now we're going to get into spoilers. So here's your warning. Okay, so uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, it's basically the aftermath after Endgame. Um, I thought they were going to take place a little bit before that, but we find out, you know, Falcon is, you know, kind of helping out with it. And he's tracking down, you know, a terrorist group. And the group that he's, the guy that there is George St. Pierre, he's back. His character is back. And he's, you know, trying to track down this um, this group. Um we see that, you know, Falcon is, you know, mourning the fact that, you know, he gave up the shield of um, Captain America for, you know, them to like kind of put it in a museum. He didn't feel like he was worthy. You know, they go back to that quote where he says, you know, you know, we're, um, you know, he says, uh, you know, gives him the shield and he's, you know, Falcon puts it on and he says, it feels like someone else's. And Captain America says, it's not. And I think this whole series is really going to be Falcon coming to terms with that he is going to be the next Captain America. So, taking up that mantle. Um, we find out, you know, that he has, a, you know, he has a sister who's kind of in financial trouble. And they show him going to the bank. And the guy's all like, oh man, you're so cool. You're here and everything. But then he won't give him a loan. And he keeps saying, you know, he's like, do you mind if I get you a selfie or something like that? And he's like, you serious? <laughs> you're not going to give me a loan? Then you're going <laughs> to expect me to do something for you? It's kind of, you know, ridiculous. But, you know, he's kind of like this celebrity with no monetary gain from it. And the guy, you know, the, the bank guy is like, doesn't, you know, couldn't you get like a, you know, you know, like a loan from like Tony Stark or something? And like, such a rude comment to give. And then we go to uh, Winter Soldier, who is, you know, still dealing with the demons of the past. And we find out, you know, we see a glimpse of him uh, shooting everybody and killing some innocent person. And we find out later in the episode that the, the, uh, the old man that he's kind of comforting, that's the person who he killed. So he's kind of trying to atone with it. Um, we see him at a therapy and you know she's trying to get him to open up and we see him you know you know grab two people you know and you know it looks like he's going to kill them and he goes I used to be the winter soldier I'm no longer the winter soldier and I am making amends <laughs> and then it ends there he gets this person caught who he apparently gave them uh, you know helped them become like a senator or representative and he's basically rewriting that wrong 
um, the way uh, what's his name plays it is so great. They bring in such great you know humor and Sebastian yeah Sebastian Stan, Anthony Mackie. They just they know how to hit those levels. And it's really cool and you know you know the people that are asking um, ask Falcon they say why didn't you take up the mantle of Captain America's like it just didn't feel like it was mine to yeah. And at the end of the episode, we find out that they've given it to somebody else, like this white guy. So they're already getting into kind of race issues and things like that. And it feels very much how it would be. And, you know, you've got these characters who, you know, are dealt with the blip, as they said. It's really good. I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed. Um, the depth that they're going into... The episode is called The New World Order, which is a great uh, title for it. Uh, Malcolm Spellman, who uh, wrote this, hats off. Carrie Co- Scoglin, uh, who directed it. Great, I mean, just great job all around. Really, you know, explaining things. I like how they're taking this, these series and explaining what happened with the blip. And how people are dealing with this. And the fact that, you know, he can't get a loan because now everybody's trying to get a loan because they all just came back at once. R- really good stuff. Uh, I, I can't recommend The Falcon and the Winter Soldier enough. It's really good. If you like WandaVision, I think you'll like The Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's a different tone, but it's. They're all telling these stories in a, in a different way and when Kevin Feige said that he wanted to tell you know the MCU through different genres he was right and that's what he's trying to do thought this was great I can't recommend it enough go watch it Falcon and the Soldier so let's talk a little bit about Politics. And the first person I'm going to talk about is Katie Porter, who has been um, somebody who really cares about people. She's been on Bill Maher. She's been on a lot of shows, and she's you know the Democratic uh, representative from one of the Democratic representatives from California. And apparently, they took her off the House Financial Services Committee because um, I believe Maxine Waters didn't like some of the ways she was doing things, and she was actually questioning, you know, the people that you should actually question, like oil people. And she has a great um, moment where she, you know, questions him, and he doesn't really have an answer. I, I think this is a loss. I mean, this just is really sad. It just continues to show that the Democrats really just want people who are just going to fall in line like Pete Buttigieg and people like that, instead of people who are going to stand up to these corporations and these people and say, we stand for something and I'm here to help you, the people. Um, She was actually a financial law professor, uh, Porter. Um, One of her um, teachers was um, Elizabeth Warren. So she's a good person and... They take her off. It's sad. Uh, COVID, the, the, it's heating up more and more. The fact that Republicans don't like the fact that um, 
that people are saying that they should get the vaccine, but then they still have to wear masks. It's like, okay, yeah, they have to wear masks now, but eventually we're not going to have to wear them as much. Just give it time. These people are so impatient and sad that they're just going after that. The other thing that happened is filibuster reform seems to be a thing that they are going to actually try and do. Um, and that seems to be something that uh, Biden wants to do, which I think is important. We need to do, if they don't want to get rid of the filibuster, then let's reform the filibuster because it's ridiculous, the fact that, you know, you can't get anything through without 60 votes or whatever. It's, it's upsetting. You know, there are a lot of people that need help. I mean, the fact that we talked about it last week that, you know, not one Republican supported the COVID relief bill, which was, you know, not as good as it could have been, but it was a good bill and they didn't care about any of it. And they're trying to say that we don't need UBI and that we don't need relief uh, is insane. People do need this and the government should take care of people, not corporations. You can take care of corporations too, but at the end of the day, it's got to be about people. And a corporation is basically a group of people. But they forgot that. It's become this, you know, symbol of, you know, just control of everything. Um, so it's sad, you know, to see COVID, to see the mask problem still a big deal. And people still not wanting to wear masks or do anything about that. I just, I find it frustrating. I find it frustrating as American that, you know, we can't have, the people can't handle it. Something like this. Um, it just, uh, I don't know. And then I find out that, you know, Big Pharma wants to, you know, price gouge Americans with COVID treatment. It's, it's kind of sad, but you know, it's not shocking. A lot of us kind of knew this was kind of happening. Um, the other thing that's happening is um, Asian uh, American violence has skyrocketed, and you know Biden has said he's he's against that, which is good. So hopefully those things um, we can put an end to this. Um, what's going on here? Um, the fact that there are still Republicans that refuse to say that Donald Trump lost the election is very disconcerting to me it's an upsetting uh the fact that you know they continue to try and spread lies and say that we don't really need to do anything about the riot um that happened at the capitol that that doesn't that that's not important uh but you know i don't know hopefully you know the Democrats can get in and gear and figure out how to go about this, but I don't know. I don't know how they're going. There's things I like, and then there's things I don't like. Um, Andrew Yang is doing well in the mayoral race, and now they we're coming out with the smear tactics. Um, uh, Politico released something. It's just uh, it's sad that they, you know we continue to try to punish people who want to make a difference instead of rewarding them for trying to be better. But what can you do? That's where we are at this point in time. So let's end with a little hope. <laughs> let's end with hope. Um, 
I have a nice little quote. Well, it's not really a quote. They're not really quotes now. They're just kind of more of um, a statement to say. And it says, live for today. That's what I've got to say to you. Live for today. Don't live for the past. You can live for the future, but try and live for today. Try to remember today. And the best way to be in the today is to be in the present. That's what it's saying. Be in the present. And by, here's how you be in the present. You could take a shower. And you could close your eyes and wash yourself. That's one way. You could meditate. That's another way. You can brush your teeth with uh, using your opposite hand. Doing brain games. Doing something physical. Wiggling your toes. Things like that. These are the things. Bring yourself into present. Because if you're in the present, that's where you want to be. That's where the magic is. So with that, I want to say thank you for listening. As always, you can find me at my handle, at Justin Yance. And I will see you next time on the DMF.